Welcome, welcome, welcome on the way homers. I'm your host, Michael Braithwaite from Blue Door, where I work with a great group of people to prevent and end homelessness and support our most vulnerable across York region, Peel and Durham. This podcast is in partnership with the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness. The good folks there are doing incredible work across the nation. They actually stand up and they are the voice for our most vulnerable in the government's ear, pushing them to do more, most recently around a housing benefit. Uh, and, and when budgets come out, as a federal one recently did, and they don't hit the mark, the Alliance rallies everyone together. Again, the ear of government to say you missed the mark and push them to do more. They do much, much more than that advocacy work. Uh, they do a lot of training and support. Check them out at caeh.ca. If you want to find out what's happening at Blue Door, and lots is always going on because there's lots of work to do for our most vulnerable, go to bluedoor.ca. Check out the work we're doing with our construction social enterprise. Right now, our program Construct, which really what it does is pretty cool. It uh, We have a construction company. It's a training program with a social purpose, but we do construction work. So we're bringing in revenue, not on the backs of government. We're doing quality work by experts, but you're not paid for when you hire Construct or the six to eight people that are training, working with Leona 506, the labor union. And then they are launched into the trades. Here's the cool thing. That's all cool, but this is even cooler. The fact that they start with a living wage that continues to grow. It's meaningful work. They're actually, you know, the trades desperately need people. So we're putting people into the trades so we can build the 3 million homes that Canada wants to build by 2030. And also Ontario wants to build 150,000 homes. This year we did about 80,000, I believe. So we're far behind. We need people in the trades. So it solves that. It, get, it pulls people out of poverty. It prevents them from entering into homelessness because they have a decent income. It's a win-win-win. We want to scale this across the province, across the country. We want organizations that would say this would be a great addition to the work that we do for our clients. Uh, contact us at bluedoor.ca. Contact me at michael.b at bluedoor.ca and say, hey, we'd love to have one in our community. How can we make that happen? We'd love to have the conversation. Let's get to today's guest. Often I talk about, when we're talking about preventing and ending homelessness, Yes, government plays a big part and we have to hold them accountable. They have to fund it and, and work with service providers to make sure there are solutions in their communities to prevent it and homelessness. But community also plays a big part. How does that happen? Quite often we'll put people into homes and we think job done, but it's not. If they're not connected to their community, that housing could fall apart and they can end up back in emergency housing or worse yet, on the streets. So how do we connect the community? How do community members get involved in being part of the solution? Today's guest, Marge Andre, is all about that. Marge is from Richmond Hill. It's a city in uh, York region, just north of Toronto. And she does exactly that. Where we, we talk all about that in this conversation. We talk about the fact that service clubs and faith communities, which were so much stronger, years ago and they faded a little bit participation isn't as high people don't have that sense of being connected or giving back to their community or service to their community maybe that's because people are so busy the pandemic didn't help for whatever reason people are disconnected marge is working hard to bring people together she's done that through various different groups pulling people together in person and most recently through a new podcast called connecting the community so she talks about the new podcast who she's talking to, why community is so important, how she got involved, how you can get involved, and what part community plays 
and protecting our most vulnerable uh, and building a better country. All that and more as Marge joins me on the show. Marge. Now, Marge, you've had the advantage of being on this podcast once before, so maybe you've had some time to think about this question, and we ask the same question to everyone that comes on because it's a little personal to everyone, uh, and that is, what does home mean to you? Yes. So you have asked me this question before. I also <laughs> do uh, listen to your podcast every week, so I really have a lot of experience uh, responding to this question. And uh, I enjoy hearing what other people say. For me, you know, I've lived in the same home for 35 years, but it does not mean the same 2,800 square foot house that I've raised my five sons in. It really, it's a feeling, it's a place of um, where you just feel comfortable. Like I'm, when you say, I'm glad I'm coming home, it's a feeling versus this actual structure. I love that. I love that answer. And you talk about comfort, where we, and, and many people will talk about this is where I could be myself. I'm most comfortable. Uh, I walk through it, I shut that door, and I'm at peace. So, so awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, quite often, when we're talking about homelessness or supporting our most vulnerable, um, you know, people are quick to point to government, who play, certainly play a point, or sorry, uh, play a part in uh, supporting any homelessness and supporting programs to help our most vulnerable. Um, but not often enough do they kind of point that finger back at themselves or say uh, community is a part of supporting our most vulnerable and in homelessness, and I'm a part of that community. You are a community community champion. I know you would never describe yourself that way, but you are. You simply are. Uh, we know from your work um, in Richmond Hill and the region of York, uh, you've been involved and, and pulling people together as well to get others involved. Can you talk a little bit about your journey? How did this come about? How did it strike you that that kind of uh, phrase, if it's going to be, it's up to me? Yeah, I, I, it is part of me is to get people connected, to get people doing things. Uh, I am very aware that you feel better when you're, uh, when you're doing something, when you're involved. So I've gone out and looked for ways of doing that. I've had the website and the newsletter on richmondhill.com, and that gets people connected. I want people out at events. Very sympathetic. Uh, I want to support people who put on events. It's it's a lot of work, a lot of stress. So I really want to be part of helping them uh, get people out to their events. I have a networking group called Connecting the Community. I have found that people need to get together. And what I our group has done, and it's been around for over 15 years now, hard to believe, but people need to talk to each other. And it's it's a what I call cross-sector. So it isn't just a business community, a religious organization of sports. It, I really want all the different parts, all the different sectors of the community to come together. So we've been, we're doing that weekly until the pandemic. We went virtual. Life has changed after the pandemic. And people are doing things differently. Don't think we've quite settled into exactly what we're doing. But now I'm doing it just twice a month. And I felt like the need to connect up people is even greater now. And it's so I, I'm doing podcasts for one thing, which is um, I really enjoy doing podcasts. And Michael, your podcasts have been an inspiration for me. Uh, I uh, like what you are doing. 
and I really think it's effective. I believe in podcasts. Uh, just I, I think it's a great medium for getting the word out. Uh, you have a good conversation. It's recorded. It can be shared very readily, and I think that's great. I also do what I call a CTC, ETC, which is connecting the community, explore the community. Very often, people have not gone to things in part of their community. Uh, we went to the, the Hindu temple at uh, Bayview and Elgin Mills, and we had a group of about 25, and you know, who's been there before? No one had. We went to the David Dunlop Observatory. One guy, he said, yeah, I've been meaning to go for the last 50 years. And he finally went. So, you know, that's the sort of thing that you go, you go to these places that uh, you've driven by, you know, they're there and now you go. And I think that that is important for making you feel more a part of the community. So those are some of the things I'm doing. It's uh, now we're out of the pandemic and we're back doing things. It feels so good. Uh, I found there's a real need to be able to articulate why. We can't just do everything on Zoom. It's it's important. It's We need to do it for some things. It's good for the environment. It makes life a lot easier. But we need to get out there and actually talk to others, uh, particularly to break down these silos, these sectors. Uh, we need to do it. Well, and it's amazing stuff that you're doing. I mean, you, you're engaged in community. You're getting community engaged um, through various different formats. We're going to talk more about your podcast, because uh, I'm fascinated by that. Uh, but but what drives you? I mean, at some point, you, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of effort. I know you put a lot of time, a lot of hours into saying, hey, I'm going to get this community engaged and being more compassionate. I'm going to get them more engaged in things happening in their community. I'm going to get them more engaged in supporting our most vulnerable. What drives you to do that? Where did that come from? I, I think it's who I am. I just feel better when I ha I am connecting and getting people really reaching their potential. I feel like, you know, what am I supposed to do? That's what I'm supposed to do. And I really search for uh, ways of doing it. And uh, I feel very fortunate that I have found a few ways such as doing the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, like I said, I mean, so many great things um, that have happened that have supported our most vulnerable, whether it's housing projects, health projects, um, different food banks or different ways of stepping up have been on the backs of community and community members who have taken this on. They're not being paid to do this. Uh, they're doing it simply for the good of our most vulnerable in the community and the community uh, assets. So now you've started a new podcast. So I want you to tell us all about it. How did it come about? What are your hopes? Who do you hope to have on it? What kind of conversations are, are you going to have? Yeah, the podcast is called Connecting the Community Podcast. So that was a, an easy name to choose. I want a diverse group of people on. I really want people to understand what's happening in the community, to meet, to know of some of the great people that are out there and doing things. So there is a whole range. I've uh, talked to people who are dealing with the homeless. I've talked to business people. It's really a whole range of uh, people who are doing things because that's what our community is all about. Podcasting is relatively simple. Um, you know, I've got myself a mic and a pair of earphones. I, I've uh, figured out what software works best for me editing. 
people like you. I have another friend who also does a podcast and reached out to her and she walked me through it. So doing it isn't really that difficult. And a sort of amusing story is my father had a, a radio store and he used to do this and was breaking edge technology. So I sort of feel like my father in doing what he did. So uh, it's a sort of a good feeling there too. Well, I mean, when you talk about connecting, definitely podcasts are a, a great way to connect people and for them to listen on different sound bites. You can take it with you. You can listen at your, you know, on your own time when it works for you, uh, when you're trying to connect the community. Um, who who uh, have been some of your guests so far? You talked about some from the business community. I had the privilege of going on and chatting with you about uh, people experiencing homelessness and the things happening in the community. Uh, you're going to have a variety of different people. Can you share any of the stories from your guests so far? Anything surprising? Uh, any twists or turns? Yeah, uh, Hugh Adams. I was talking to him about the Lions Club. He is, I think he's 80 now doesn't seem like 80, but he has such a in-depth knowledge of Richmond Hill from way back in 50 years ago. We, we talked for half an hour and I said, we're going to have a part two because you have so much to say. The purpose was to talk about all the good work of the Lions Club, but there were so many other things that uh, we talked about as well. So talking with Hugh was certainly uh, another one. You know, I've talked to Rohana Samar from uh, the coldest night of the year because I, I was involved with that. So it was just an easy way of promoting it. Talked to some small business people that I really, they're just really good people. Kai and Jerry Wu, who just are passionate about getting kids to learn better. Uh, it, I've talked to the minister of the Seventh-day Adventist, which I really didn't know too much about that denomination. And that was a delightful conversation. I felt, yeah, I've driven by their church. Now I know the people there just a bit better. And it's uh, it was great to, to see that. Uh, I am reaching out to other uh, faith-based leaders because I think that's really quite important that um, you know, uh, religious faith-based organizations, if they're churches, temples, mosques, whatever, are an important part of our community. You know, we often can think of some of the things that haven't gone right, but they, uh, before social services started, they were the ones who did everything. They picked up the pieces and gave the support system. So I'd like to focus on that uh, for them as well. So, yeah, it's um, doing podcasts is my favorite part of the week. So, yeah. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project, or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. Very, very cool. What has the response been? Have you heard anything from people listening in? And what's the feedback you're getting? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting positive feedback. Like people, I really enjoyed listening to this. Like this was great. I never knew this about such and such a person. And it's, uh, I feel like I am getting people to feel better about the community and about the people that they live 
uh, where we live. And that's really the goal is that you walk around and I'm glad I live here. That's, we'd all be better off if we had that feeling was more predominant. Absolutely agree. Now, what we often say that housing isn't about the actual four walls and the roof that matters, that's protecting you. Um, quite often where we got it wrong in the past is we would uh, put individuals experiencing homelessness into homes where they did not connect to community and it would fail. So strong connection to community actually helps with people maintaining uh, their, their housing. And I think if we look back, you mentioned the Lions Club, when I think of the Rotary, the Lions Club, uh, faith-based groups too, all which have been losing uh, members over the years. Uh, participation is down in all of those those groups. And that and so that, like, so, so the connection to community, people have become a little more insular. So the work that you're doing becomes even more important. Have, have you kind of felt that, that as you've seen, if you look back 25 years ago, Rotary Clubs were packed, people were going to church, people were involved in their community and not, not so much anymore, do you think? No, they're not. And it's... um. It, it is sad. I think we're all, uh, all suffering from it. I, I really asked the question, looked at it. If you were in a smaller community, like I have a cottage up in Minden, people there, there do um, belong to the social services, the Rotary Alliance Club, uh, Kinsmen, uh, the Legion, much more than they do here. Uh we're almost like we've got so many things to do, so many possibilities. We actually don't choose anything, really. We don't get really involved with any of them. So, which is a shame. I understand it. But um, we are, we're, we're suffering individually and collectively. Like those organizations um, do some great work for the community. Help those when, if you're falling, uh, you've got any type of issue. If it's financialist issue, um, mental health, physical help. There was a stronger network, a stronger safety net, and we're losing that. And uh, we we definitely need it. Absolutely, and I think service clubs are just that service to others, um, and that that kind of feel too from the faith based community. Yes, you're right. Quite often we we hear about things that did not go quite uh, right. However, I look at even in uh, our region, York region with Mosaic Interfaith Out of the Cold, a uh, pro seasonal program that supports people experiencing homelessness was going on for 20 years, driven uh, by the faith community, started by the faith community who saw the need and said someone should do something, didn't point fingers, took it upon themselves. They volunteered to cook meals, open up their churches, and pretty cool from all backgrounds too. So we had a mosque, we had synagogues and churches. Uh, it, it, it's great, it really, and it gives people a chance to really get involved and understand and have conversations uh, with people experiencing homelessness and see the, the person first as that, as we say, people experiencing homelessness, they're able to see the person first because they're having those conversations. Uh, it's incredible. You've also been, been involved in a charge uh, to create a charter for a compassionate community. Tell me a little bit about that. Where did that come, come from? Yeah, that sort of evolved from a few people wanting to uh, we actually were talking during pandemic and realized we need to do something else. And one of the uh, individuals, Sarah Jamal, she was involved with the Charter for Compassion. And we decided we needed to bring compassion to our own community. Most of us were in Richmond Hill, but not all of us. 
So one was in Marco, one friend was in Marco, one was in, in Vaughan. So we called it Compassionate York Region rather than just Compassionate Richmond Hill. Uh, but also in thinking about it, a lot of the organizations, a lot of the yeah, organizations that would be involved if it was a social services, education, emergency services, they're all regional wide. So it made sense that it was York Region. We have got uh, the city of Richmond Hill assigned to the declaration. They are an, a confirmed, they put forth a motion that they will are a compassionate city. I feel really great about that. And uh, working with other municipalities to do it, but really to bring uh, us to think about being compassionate, what it really means. And com being compassionate really is what your work is all about. It's, it's, it's not, I like to say, it's not always being nice. Being compassionate isn't being nice. It's being looking at suffering and trying to figure out how to fix it. And it's really looking at systemic issues. If the homelessness, the dealing with mental health issues, the hunger, uh, you know, different. I am fortunate I work, um, well, I'm in contact through the Charter for Compassion with people from really around the world. And different places have different issues. But on the other hand, we all have the same issues of trying to bring people together. There is a real need. Uh, the polarization that happens in so many places in the world is so great. And we have to be good, compassionate listeners. We have to approach things with, let's understand and work with people. So Compassionate York Region, we're, we're getting off the ground slowly. We've been doing a few things last couple of weeks ago, well, April 5th was Golden Rule Day, which is really, uh, it, it symbolizes a lot of what we're all about. The idea that, uh, you know, do unto others as you'd have, do, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated. That really is the major tenet. And that's what compassion is all about. It's like we all, I, am, I do well if you do well. And the idea that, you know, individualism is to me a, uh, it, it really does cause damage when you go around thinking of me first. Uh, you are very unhappy and it doesn't work. And if you are, go around with the thought of being gratitude and how grateful you are for what you have, um, we're all better off. Well, you, you certainly walk the talk, Marge. And let me tell you, if we had uh, 1.1 million uh, Marge Andres in uh, York region, it certainly would be a very, very compassionate place. It already is, but even more so, uh, you're doing great work. Let, let's, uh, if our listeners, and I, I encourage you to listen uh, to the podcast, if they want to listen, where can they find your podcast? Yeah, it's uh, on Podbeam. If you just Google Connecting the Community Podcast. I put it on my website. So it's quite easy to find just Connecting the Community Podcast. You will find it. So, And if you are in Richmond Hill, sign up for my newsletter uh, for doing that. And I do have the networking group. And if you are have the time, it's a Tuesday morning, uh, please come out. I just was communicating with someone who was bringing a Ukrainian refugee who looking for connection with people. And I said, bring her out, have her come, come meet the meet others. And uh, I'm quite positive about what will happen with that. So yeah, it's just uh, quite easy to find. So you have podcast notes. I'll make sure you have the information for that uh, there as well. For sure. Now, Marcia, so, so this podcast, International Across Canada, um, if people are saying, you know what, I love what Marge is doing, how she's connecting her community. And I think we need more of that here 
um, in, in my area. What do you what do you say to them? How do you how do you even get started? Like, how would someone just take that first step? Because it, it could be overwhelming. Any thoughts? Yeah, well, I mentioned I, I talked to a friend who had a, a podcast, and so she walked me through it of what to do. Uh, there's various softwares for doing it. And I looked at some free ones and thought, mm, they're going to be a bit too intimidating. She says, no, Marge, use this one. And it was my level of technology. Um, it worked very well. So my podcasts aren't as polished as yours. I have an intro and an outro and a little bit of music. I can do a bit of editing. That's okay. We have conversations like we're having now. And if there's some ums and ahs, absolutely fine. And then you just, uh, after you've done the, the podcast, you upload it. I chose Podbean because it was one that the friend recommended. It was easy. And it just, it happens. It really is almost like magic that it is that easy to do. So I really do encourage people. There's lots of pod podcasts out there. I, I finally admitted to my uh, sons that I was doing it. I found out one son is actually doing a podcast too. He didn't admit. So it, it's, I think they're quite prevalent. They're very, you know, it's a, it's a fun way of doing things. I think now a shift in, in our culture now is before we used to sit down at six o'clock, we'd watch the news. That isn't happening as much anymore. I We listen to podcasts when it's or news, even the news. We listen to it when it's convenient for us. If I'm, it's, I, there's my favorite podcast, which Michael is not your, you're not my favorite. It's a weekly podcast, okay, okay. Peter, uh, The Man's Bridge. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I look to see, hmm, okay, he's talking longer today. I will chop up more vegetables for dinner if I when he has a longer podcast. And you know, it's a you'll say wherever you're listening from, and I feel like saying you're in my back pocket. That's where I'm listening from. So <laughs> it's uh, that convenience of uh, you know folding laundry, going for a walk. Uh, all that is what a podcast is all about. So it's really um, it, I find it they're very enriching. Yeah, you know, and thanks for that, Marge. Listen, if people are 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 listening and you want to do something in your community, you want to strike up the conversations, like Marge said, that wasn't something she knew anything about, did a little bit of work, research, um, and, it's, it, and you know, it's not that complicated. You can make it happen. I'll tell you this about, uh, about Marge. So in, in Richmond Hill um, and beyond, I think you have a lot of counselors who when they're running their campaign, uh, who, who do they go to to find out the pulse of the community? March. Right? I mean, she is known far, far and wide and, and she is not afraid and you're not afraid to let them know when they've stepped out of line yep. and they need to do better. You do it in a, a great way. It, it's really, you know, from the heart and bringing the community together, you've made such an impact, Marge, and you're, you're a very humble person. But, but mm -hmm. you know, for your listeners who say, can one person make an impact? Yes. This is one person who I'm talking to now that has seen a lot of different things, whether it is Ukrainian refugees who need support, whether it's people experiencing homelessness, bringing the faith communities together, whether it's just bringing people together to share experiences and to get to know their community and create that sense of community, March has done that uh, and held people accountable to do that as well at the political level. So March, thank you so much for all you do. I think listeners can learn a lot about the power of one person, the power community has in shaping and supporting uh, our, our supporting our most vulnerable and really the power you have in shaping your own community and making it a place for all. Thank you for that. And thanks for your podcast listeners. Check it out. Uh, and March, thank you for coming out today. Thank you, Michael. So we'll hope to see you around town soon.
<laughs> Absolutely. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.